Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, you guys, the time has come. Yes.、Uh, so、uh, behind the curtain is、uh, gonna go off the air. What? April Fools! Kevin, you、Say、made my heart leap faster than Gwen Verdon in Redhead. <laughs> Richard Kiley for me. Okay. Look no, who's no, 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 in no. love. Sorry. You guys, we aren't going anywhere. And in order to ensure that, friends, we need your help. Our podcast is entirely self-produced. And like I said, we need your help. If you can, our little Easter eggs, head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for Behind the Curtains Broadway Living, Living Legends. I think I know the title of the show. And set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing and bringing the legend stories to your ears. Have a great June, April, April. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider, and I'm Kevin David Thomas, and this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, and follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Without fail, every holiday season, countless men and women gather around YouTube and type in their search engine "Turkey Lurkey Time." <laughs> It is then shared on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so those who have not been exposed to its brilliance. Can see three geniuses of the American musical theater lead one of the most exciting dances ever seen on a stage. Well, one of those geniuses is with us today. In addition to her appearances in Promises, Promises, she also choreographed the revivals of Where's Charlie and Pal Joey, the new musicals Play Me a Country Song and Dunes, very one of my favorites, and one of her most iconic works, The Scandalous O Calcutta. Plus, her contributions to the world of ballet are so monumental that Joffrey Ballet awarded her their Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm assuming I'll be getting that next. Yeah, that's right, right Rob. Right. That's To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Michael Bennett, Raoul Julia, Christopher Chadman, Dixie Carter, Jacques Levy, and so many others,、mm. here is Miss Polanski of Accounts Receivable Tony nominee Margot Sappington. Hi, so nice to be here.、Oh, We are so happy、nice、to, to have you, Margot.、Yeah. It is appropriate. Here we are at Christmas, and it is Turkey Lurkey time. It, it is. It is indeed, Turkey Lurkey time. Oh, okay. So now I know you weren't born in New York. Where were you born? No, I was born in Baytown, Texas. And、uh, uh, I was Texas girl. Texas girl. And there are two things you need to know about Texans: either you never will leave there, and it's the greatest place on earth, or if you don't leave, you will die. So <laughs>、okay. I was of the: if I don't leave, I will die. Okay, great. 
And when I was uh, uh, 13, actually, I, I knew that I wanted to be a dancer. This was my driving influence. I was mm. from a very small town. You know, there was, everybody knew everybody's business all oh the time. My, my mother was wonderful. She was not a stage mother. She was very supportive. I had two, two older brothers. And she uh, understood how focused I was. And she arranged for me to go to school in Houston and so that I could study ballet every day. And, oh, and, uh, really but study, like. in those days, and what was fantastic about it is when ballet companies would come through town, the Royal Ballet would come to the music hall, uh, Ballet Russe at the time, uh, American Ballet Theater, and the ballet masters would offer master classes to oh. students in these schools. You know, that's when companies toured. Now, there are companies in every city. Right. The companies don't tour anymore. It's too expensive. It's very rarely that ABT goes somewhere, you know, yep. so they'll go to California to do Nutcracker, they'll maybe go to Japan, but they don't tour every little town no. all across America anymore. And, and that's lovely because they have their own companies to support and that's fine. But it, this was so exciting because the, then if you, you'd get a master class and if the ballet master was impressed with someone, he'd invite them to do company class in the back on stage with the company. Ooh. So I would get to do that. Ooh. I was one of those special little girls, so I got to do that. And this, this, and these people would speak to my mother, and they would speak to my teacher, and they would encourage me. Okay. So I got very serious. I was a very serious little girl, and uh, um, went to Houston, studied, and met Robert Joffrey at one of the who used to go to dance conventions looking mm. for people. Really. So he found me, and he, within ten minutes of meeting me, he had me demonstrating for the class, and. And uh, it kept in touch with me. I went to, to the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. I went to New York. I came to New York. To, went from Texas to New York. Yeah. To study all summer at his school. Was that your first time going to New York, yes. too? Oh, that and must he, have been. He invited me to. But I had a wonderful teacher in, in Texas. Her name was Camille Hill. And she was a jazz teacher. Okay. And she was a Jack Cole devotee. Ooh, and she taught exotic. that kind of jazz. Yes. She didn't teach tits and ass jazz, no. she taught jazz. I mean, we were isolating everything, oh including our eyebrows. <laughs> so so when story. I came so when I came that summer to New York, I uh, would do ballet class in the morning, sometimes two, a point class three times a week, but in the afternoons, I went to mathematics. <gasps> he was on 56th Street behind the, you know, he was on 56th Street behind Carnegie Hall, up the, cheap, up, up the narrow staircase. Yes. And um, so... At the end of this, this summer, uh, I announced that I was, you know, this would be my last class, Mr. Joffrey. He said, I want to talk to you after, after class. He took me in and he said, I'm starting a company. This is at a time when his company had been um, supported by a woman named Rebecca Harkness. Okay. And they had split. So now he had to start all over again. And with a, with a new artistic, with a new executive director, raise money. She was a millionaire. She no. was the Harkness. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so uh, he said, I want you to stay. I'll put you on scholarship in, in February when the company opens. You'll be in the company. And this was between my junior and senior year of high school. So I, I was floating. So I, I, I levitated and wafted out of his office, went to Matt and to said, this is my last class. And he said, I want to talk to you after class. Uh -oh. He calls me and he says, uh, so, um, so anyway, Herbie Ross is doing a new show. And I've told him all about you. And uh, he said, and how old are you anyway? He said, Herbie Ross. <laughs> yes. I love it. Herbert Ross. No yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, oh, and how old are you anyway? And I said, well, I'm 16. And he said, well, <laughs> well shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went back home. And oh. I spent my, I decided 
to stay for my senior year of high school. And actually, it was one of those things that I agonized over the whole year. I mean, I've ruined my life now. I did not accept Robert Joffrey's uh, offer to be on scholarship there. And um, that spring, the next the spring I was graduating high school, he said, now what are you going to do? Mm. And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, you'll come to New York now. Mm. So it all worked out for the best in that kind of, yeah. in that kind of moment. Because he, he remembered, he, he searched me out. He wanted me anyway. And yeah. I didn't ruin my life. And in fact, it was better because I didn't follow him like a puppy. Yeah. And, and I was treated really well there. I mean, you it was, were. Yeah, and that was, was a good had, experience. And it was a fabulous Joffrey. experience. The Joffrey was a fabulous experience. I because mean, it was, we were all individuals. There were only 21 dancers at the time. Everyone was unique. Uh, it was just a glorious, glorious time. And then, of course, it went on to be the glorious, you know, Joffrey Valley that yeah. we all know and love. Oh, yeah. and, for, and I have choreographed for them. So it, my, my relationship didn't end when I left the company. It continued. Yeah. Did you think that you always wanted to be a choreographer? Was that always in the back of your mind? I don't know. You know, I was always, I, I think it probably was. And I think that's what I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, although I wasn't much sought after dancer and I was one of those lucky people who never auditioned I'd get the phone yeah. call you want to be in my show yeah and and uh but I from the time I was a teenager I was always improvising and my first choreography was uh to poetry because we know how serious yes. of course it was incredibly <laughs> serious so I would choreograph my friend's poems and we'd do this shows in the in the drama yes. department in the black box drama department of course. all in gray and black and, yes you know in dark blue. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that was all. Yeah, wow. that was very, very serious, very <laughs> serious stuff. Because you trained so much in ballet, and yet w- would your choreography be reflective in, of, of that you know, background, or did you bring elements it's of Jack both. Cole? Or, yeah, no, it's you know, both. Because you it's both. all these different choreographers, too. Yes, it's both, because um, uh, interestingly enough, it was Robert Joffrey who brought me back to ballet because I went on to I was in the original Sweet Charity I was right. the first female replacement really and that's the funny story of the audition story I want to tell oh, I um, uh, and I thought my future would be in musical theater after I left ballet but uh, Bob Joffrey invited me he, he called me one day he said I want to talk to you it was after I had done Calcutta, uh-huh. after I choreographed Calcutta, and he had come to see it and, and uh, he said do you want to do ballet and I said well I hadn't really thought about it doing ballet and I said give me a week let me let me think and I came back the next week and I had I wanted a commission score and I wanted Willa Kim to do the costumes and I knew all the cast I wanted and yes. he said okay okay yes. and so he sort of brought me back to really back to the ballet world as far as choreographing for ballet and I wow. but I knew that I was not going to be doing classical I was gonna, it was going to be <laughs> neoclassic lots of influence of uh, rock and roll. Yeah, that was yeah. my era. Yeah. That was me, yeah. and, and that's what I continued to do. I used lots of contemporary music and, wow. and rock and roll and popular music in my choreography yeah. for, for ballet companies. Wild. The audition story. Yeah, I yeah. want to ask tell. about. This. So I was going to say. Okay. So were you? I mean, to preface it, were you? Because you would work with Joffrey, but when, when, at what point were you saying, "Well, I'm going to audition for musicals"? I mean, because I'm like, you sang. I didn't know that. I mean, like Dennis Nahat. Well, I had, I did sing. Good. And, uh, Dennis Nahat. In fact, in high school, um, uh, Tommy Toon was from. Was also was also when when my dancing teacher Camille Hill uh, in an earlier earlier years, yeah. when Tommy was her student, was very into tap. So she was tapping. Aha. Uh-huh. And she's she was Tommy's tap teacher. There you go. And he was at University of Houston when I was uh, when I just started high school at Lamar, and he came back 
to, to direct and choreograph Bells Are Ringing. Oh. So, so I played the Puerto Rican delivery boy because my hair was short oh and there were no boys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no in the Tommy Toon production. And I got to do Muchacha. Oh, and um, I love it. And, and, and yeah, it was fabulous. So, so I was in, I was in the drama, you know. So we did the Wizard of Oz, and I was the Yellow Brick Road because we couldn't figure out any other way to do it. So I was in the Yellow Leotard carrying bricks, you know. Amazing. So it was like that. So Amazing. all that was going on. So um, Dennis Nahat, who was in the company at the time, uh, had gotten a replacement in Sweet Charity, and uh, uh, he knew that things were that I was getting restless, and he said, um, you know, they're going to have an audition. It's private, but you should go. Okay. Now, we know today you'd have to have an agent submission. Right, right. You can't even go, you can't no. go anywhere without an agent submission. Okay. Yes. He said, you should just go. I said, but I have a, I was assisting Eugene Loring at the time. Okay. On a ballet that he was doing for. <laughs> Casual. He was doing for the Joffrey. It was called These Three. It okay. was about three lives from Mississippi. Oh, my gosh. Story. Wow. And um, we had a stage rehearsal until five. And the, the audition started at four. And I said, but I, I'm going to be at City Center. I'm on stage. He said, oh, just go. Go. Just go. Go late. Just Sweet. go. So there were about 25 girls there, I guess. And um, I threw on uh, a, like a, an overcoat. And my hair was very short. I had no makeup. I had on opaque tights, cut off at the feet. Nice. And little flat shoes. And always French cut. Yeah. Always. Always. French always French cut. But so, so, I, so I get... I, Speed past, I dash past the doorman who says, who says, I was gone already. <laughs> Long gone. And I get to the wings of the Palace Theater. Oh my gosh. The stage is tiny, you know, because yeah. I had been, I was used to the city center stage, right. a large concert stage, mm. this tiny little stage. So I put the brakes on. I hear a voice in the darkness say, Okay, last time around, let's go, girls. And there were five or so groups. I learned the combination in the wings, and I come out with the last group. What? So, the tenacity so, that. So I come out of the last group, and so Bob, Bob comes in and says, oh, "Okay, hold it, hold it. What? Who are you? Where did you come from? What's going on?" So uh, I, told Mr. Fossey him, said yes, this. He, told, okay, yes, I told him that I was uh, you know, Dennis and Sammy and blah blah blah, and he said, "Well, do you know the combination?" I said, "Yes, I do." He said, "Okay, let's go." And so we danced one time through. We lined up, and there was a, and they were all like pushed up, and they're. Lashes and I the heels and the fishnets and the and I'm in my little flat shoes and my little <laughs> opaque tights. Yep. <laughs> and um, uh, so uh, the girl sitting next to me was this gorgeous redhead. Said, "Well, if you're dancing with the Joffrey now, you couldn't do this job if you got it right." And I said, "Oh yes, I can. That's why I came here." <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> and I got the job. Yeah. <laughs> that was insane. So, had you ever danced for Fosse before? Was no. he? F- oh. No. No. So you crashed an audition, but basically. Jack, Cole. Jack, Jack Cole. Cole. Jack Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, incredible. But in that, and, you know, if you put that scene in a movie, no. yeah. people would say, oh, that's stupid. You know, that, 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 there's no way that that would happen. Yeah. yeah. But, no. but it did. It did happen. <laughs> so what was it like dancing on Broadway? Oh, it was fabulous. And yeah. it was, and the, 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 right after Big Spender, the character that I was had a line with Gwen Verdon. Well, I, you know, had idolized her, you know, knew about her. Yeah. And, uh. So I practiced it with, you know, I did the, all the put in and everything, but didn't see Gwen until I was on stage my first night. Yeah. So Gwen comes in, I turn around, and I'm all like being so tough, and I'm 19, and I'm just like yeah. hot shit, you know? Yeah. And I turn around, and I see Gwen, and my mouth dropped open. Oh my God. And I turned into a five year old. Right. <laughs> I just pre- couldn't. You weren't say, prepared. <laughs> I, my eyes opened, my mouth, my jaw dropped. I couldn't say a word. I was speechless. 
And she said, like, through her teeth, she was smiling. She said, just say it. Just say it. Just say it. I can totally. Oh, my God. It was like. And, of course, I was in the. All I could do was watch her. I mean, just every night, all I could do was just stand in the wings and watch every move she made and everything she did. And she's just a genius. For those that never got to see her live on stage yeah. what was it, what was it about her that made her so special the economy of movement mm. oh so precise not a wasted motion not a wasted bit of energy it just bubbling you know just steaming mm. under the surface you know not a not a wasted gesture yeah nothing it just so so subtle so fabulous just absolutely mm. divine Oh, incredible! And the thing that later, a year later, I was um, I was assisting Ernie Flat on the Cal Burnett show, the first season of the Cal oh, Burnett wow. show. Oh wow! And Gwen was a guest. Uh huh. And I got to teach her her number. <gasps> so, because what we do is on the day off, we, Ernie would set things on me, and then I would yeah. take care yeah. of the stars. And uh, so she would say things like, "Wait a minute, I'm not doing that like you're doing it. Show me that again. Show me. Show me how you're doing that." You know, so humble, so fabulous, yeah. just so such wanting, a fabulous and wanting to know and wanting to get it, yeah, wanting to do exactly what was what was exactly the right way. I mean, just so fabulous. As people like that are, they're yes. they're, yeah. they're they're humble and they're they're not egotistical in that way, and right. they're, they're out for excellence. Yes, that's right. That's right. How did you get associated with Ernie Flats? Ernie saw me when I was a teenager with my dancing teacher Camille Hill. And uh, had really? me in the back of his mind for a long, you know, wow. a long time, wow. and found out I was free. And it was one of those, and it was the very first season of the Burnett Show, and it was a, the whole format was different because it was the first variety show that didn't open with a dance number. Mm-hmm. Every other variety show opened with a dance number. Oh. The dance numbers were inside. You know, she mm-hmm. opened with her monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so oh. it was it was very different. And wow. Julia Prowse was on the show. Betty Grable. Yeah, oh my god! Crazy. Were you starstruck? Yeah. Starstruck? Well, I got. I had to be sort of. I had to be kind of cool and yeah. you know not too starstruck, but <laughs> behind the scenes, I was. Were, were they all pretty easy to work with? All of these stars that you were teaching how to Some dance? Some of them. I mean, <laughs> Lucille Ball was not. I mean, she was. She was Lucille we've heard, Ball. We've heard that. We've heard she that. was Lucille Ball. That was fine. Yeah. And I was Carol stand-in, so I got I would do rehearsals that she didn't want to do, oh. lighting rehearsals and stuff. I was right. because we were the same height and yeah. we. But the same sort of coloration. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. It was, it and was then fun. after the time on the Burnett show, is that when you come back to New York? That's when I came back to New York, and that's when I met Michael Bennett. Okay. That's uh-huh. when I came back. And I came back to New York, and I was just taking classes. I was taking jazz classes. I was going to Jaime uh, Rogers' class. And Michael used to come by. Jaime was in West, in, in West Side Story in the movie. Gotcha. Remember? Thank you. Yes. He was a shark. That's right. Uh, and he was a fabulous jazz teacher. Oh. And uh, very, very athletic, as you can imagine. Mm. You know, very, uh, very energetic. Um, and I remember the first class I took, I went, shit, I can't even get through this class. What's <laughs> mm. going on? Wow. And I ended up taking two, you know, <laughs> after, after about a month or so. And we had a little workshop thing that we would do after the second class, like starting at 8 o'clock or something. Yeah. And we'd stay in the studio sometimes till midnight, and we'd improvise, and we'd do stuff. And Michael used to come to those every once in a while, looking, mm, again, yeah. searching, mm. you know, looking for people. Yeah. So he asked me to come to an audition for Henry Sweet Henry, and he told me <laughs> right away, he said, okay, look, I can't hire you because you're too sexy, and I can't hire you. You're gonna, you know, but I want you to come to the audition because I just want to see you. Yeah. You yeah, know, do my movement. I said, Fair. okay. So then he put me in a, in a tour of West Side Story, which was a bus and truck, my one and only bus and truck. Uh-uh. Um, and I was a shark, 
because I was so spicy, but I, I'm an Irish, I'm white. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Such like, an Irish that's white girl. not going to happen today. And I was the only one who had to wear Egyptian number two the oh whole God, stop it. tour. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> Egyptian number two. And JoJo Smith was my partner. Oh, oh my God. Me and JoJo. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> what fun, though. That's incredible. So, so when, uh, when, we, when all that was over with, then he called me and he said, okay, I'm doing this new show, Promises, Promises, Burt Backrack. Uh, uh, I want you to assist me and I want you to be in the show. So that was wow. That was that. So you jump right to assisting so, him so and dance captain too. I dance think weren't you? And yeah. And I had my own featured part, and uh-huh. then and but Turkey Lurkey is another story because it didn't start out like the Turkey Lurkey you know. Oh, oh really? No. Please, please enlighten us. Yes. I... It was, uh, a, it was uh, three drunk secretaries mm-hmm. who had sort of mm-hmm. gone to the ladies' room and then come in, come back with their little handmade funny costumes with the turkey head oh, yeah. on their, you know, like turkey hats and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And it, and it was the end of Act One, and it kind of fell flat. I mean, the whole idea was that it was, um, that these girls were drunk and they didn't really know how to dance, and mm-hmm. it was you know, just kind of supposed to be silly. Okay. That was the, and after, uh, in the previews, there was a, there was a, a creative meeting, mm-hmm. and it was like, this is not happening. And Michael said, I know exactly what to do. I know <laughs> what to do. I know what to do. So we ended up, um, uh, we, we went in the lobby, he and I went in the lobby, and we started doing stuff. So we, did, we set the whole number in the lobby. We got Bayork and Donna. Of course, Donna, he adored Donna, you know, so she was a centerpiece. Right. And, um, uh, and then he, we, we worked it out. We did the whole thing in the lobby. In oh, my lobby God. In, we were in Washington, D.C. or Boston or something. Oh I can't gosh. remember where we were. That's incredible. And, and then it went into the show, and it was just the, the, the smash that was it, it is. It was right away. I mean, like, it And the worked. thing that was, yeah, I mean, it was two, three days of rehearsal, and boom, in the show. But at night, having to do the old yeah. one. Yeah. And that's what's the hard part about that, yeah. when you're re- yeah. redoing yeah. stuff like that. And so it was just, um, it was a whirlwind. It was so much fun to do. It so looked like it do. would, like, you need to take a bath in a ice oh, afterwards, because it was so yeah. aggressive. Oh, it's, it's very, and, and, and exhausting. Like, oh, it's exhausting. I mean, it's well, it, but we, but we, it wasn't exhausting to us. Yes, we just did it every night. We had, eight, we had eight shows a week, you know, oh. so we were just, we'd bound up the staircase afterwards and going, really? oh, it's so much fun. Oh, it's so good tonight. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> How do you not have good. whiplash? The, yeah. Well, actually, it's very funny because when I, I do set it, set it from time yeah. to time where people will ask me to do it. And um, uh, just recently I did it on for this concert version mm-hmm. that was at Merkin Hall, which was so fabulous. And both Jill and I cried because we forgot that we never really heard the music like that mm. because the, 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 it was the first time that, that the orchestra pit was covered. Yes, and That's all right. we saw was Harold Wheeler from the waist up. Right. And this whole, like he had on a giant skirt because it was all covered. Yeah. And it was all mixed from the back of the house. That's so right. we the heard, we heard yeah. through the monitors only. We didn't hear the blast of this orchestra. And when we, oh my God, when we heard it, we were like, oh my God, this, this is so brilliant. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just so brilliant. And, but we didn't get to, when we were on stage, we didn't right. hear you were it. were in then. it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was just, we were just beside ourselves. Um. When, uh, when, when, um, we did Donna Byrick and I got together. I guess it's about three years ago now. We for the Gypsy Gypsy Robe yeah. show at Christmas time, yeah. and they originally wanted us just to sort of wear the robes and kind of appear. And we kind of went, well, we sort of want to do some of it. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. We did two verses, I and love we, it. it was such a fantastic feeling because it was I hadn't been on a Broadway stage in a long time. Yeah. And we, at the rehearsal, walked out onto the stage. I said, "Oh my God, this is." 
you know, it, and yes. not having been there in such a long time, there were no nerves whatsoever. It was like, just let me out there. Yeah. Just yeah. let me at it, you yeah. know? And we, um, it was so much fun because we walked out in silhouette in the dark and everybody started screaming. They knew <gasps> I love it. The man, who, the man who made our dresses for us went to, uh, you know, the, the fabric district yeah. on 40th Street. Yeah. And he said to, somebody came over to me, I help you. And, and they said, yes, um, I'm, I need... I need red, green, and purple stretch velvet. And there was a young man who was telling me, he said, oh, are you making turkey lurkey dresses? No way. And he said, that's how I got it. Only that's in New York. Brilliant. <laughs> so what was it like collaborating with Michael Bennett? What made him so special behind the scenes in the room? He was... Uh, he was full of energy and enthusiasm, and mm. and for me, because I was brought up in that, was discerning. You know, everything was exact. You know, yeah. and that's that's something that uh, I was brought up to do. That's what I demand, and you know, it's it's so so we got along very well mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, there was no no sloppy anything in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Right. Absolutely. And and everything. The thing that that was fun was that you know as loose as it looks and as improvised as it looks, it's all so choreographed. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is fantastic. That's right. that's what's so fantastic to about get it. that because yeah. to get this free free thing that's so so down to the to the toenail. You know. Wow. Yeah. How you're supposed to do it. Yeah. What did you learn from him that you now use in your choreographic style, either in terms of storytelling or actual movement itself? If anything, maybe there's um, not. No, no. He, no, I can absolutely. Um, uh, in detail, mm. lots and lots of detail. Mm. That that there's there's uh, an in, well the individuality I already did and do, uh, but the detail uh, that you you do, you do this and you do this now, but now do now do the reverse. Mm. Okay, it's better if you do it first and then you you know okay. that kind of yeah. uh, tapestry yes. detail. Yeah. Not everybody doing the same thing all the time at the same time because mm -hmm. that's what gives it its freshness. Mm. Interesting. That's very interesting. And, you know, it depends on what you're doing. But, mm -hmm. you know, like in this situation, these are supposed to be office workers who are breaking into dance. So they still were individual. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and we each were different. Yeah. Unfortunately, you won't see me on any of those YouTubes because yeah. I had already left to do O Calcutta. <gasps> so that Tony is not me. That's I my, know. That's Jelaine Stites, who's yes. adorable. But we're going to imagine you there anyway. Replacement. Yeah. Oh. We're going to imagine you there anyway. <laughs> um, one of the things I'm curious about is uh, getting into O Calcutta. Which is yeah. this? Which? How did that come about for you? How are you involved? Interestingly in? enough, it was Michael. Really? Yes. Okay. And yes, it's like the really that really Peter Gennaro choreographed America, not Jerome Robbins. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. Uh, Michael came to me one day and said, uh, "I've been asked to do this new show." Now, at this time, Michael was now the new hot it. Right. He was. He had been. He was being offered everything from. Off Broadway, which was what O'Calcutta was going to be, to uh, you know the moon. Right. Yeah. So he was getting all these offers, and when and so he was figuring out what he was going to do next. And he said, "I've been asked to do this thing, and um, but they want all actors, and I don't know which." Interestingly enough, ended up being company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was funny. after I did O'Calcutta. Yeah. Um, so uh, he said, "But I got to have a dancer. You got to come and audition too. I mean, I want you to come and help me with the auditions, but I want you to audition for the show. I want you to be in it." Because uh, I gotta have a dancer, I'm gonna like go insane. Right, right. And um, it said, he said, he said, oh, and you have to be naked, 
But but you don't care who walks in the dressing room anyway. And that was true. I was always naked in the dressing room as it was. And people were coming right. and going. He said, you don't care who's in the dressing room anyway. And you're naked all the time anyway. So it's not going to be a big deal for you. And I went, okay. okay. Well, yeah. All right, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so we went down to, we were the auditions were at the Anderson Theater downtown. Okay. On the Lower East Side. Okay. And uh, we... We would give simple dance things to uh, the, the the actors who were coming into audition. And the interesting part is that that equity even was having a fit with this. This was like you cannot just ask them to drop trowel. You cannot right, do yeah. this. You, they have to pass. It has to be. They have to read. They have to sing. They have to dance. And then, if you're interested in them, then you can give them. And and Jacques, having been a psychologist, did not. It was not about just take your clothes off and turn around for us. It, he gave uh, an acting improv mm. during which you took your clothes off. It was part of the improv. Mm. And, um, and you had to act and talk and carry on when you, you know, while oh. you were naked. Yeah. So it's smart. Yes. And yeah. everyone, you so get how comfortable so, are you? You know, like, can and you getting so those people yeah. who couldn't get past it, totally. that was one that, but if, but you got so preoccupied with your, your improv yeah. that it didn't matter if you were naked or not. You know, th- those who, yeah, passed the test, you know, really. So um, in the middle of all, so I do my I, I do my thing, and I audition, and I get in, and, and I'm so now I'm a member of the cast. And Michael uh, decided that he was not going to do this, that this was too far out for oh, him. Oh wow! That this was not something that he wanted to do right mm-hmm. now, and and he had these other offers which were for Broadway. Yeah. And this is off Broadway, mm-hmm. and this the the script that we had was we had probably four hours of material that all had to be whittled down. They were all sketches. They were all, you know, between six and ten minutes mm-hmm. long. You right. know, and they, it all had to be, there was a lot of work that had to be done. And in fact, we did a workshop. We started in February, and we didn't do our first preview until the end of May. Wow. We opened on the 16th of June. So sort of to the end wow. of we had, we had almost four weeks of previews, too. <laughs> so we workshopped all this for a long time. Figuring out what the show was, yeah, what it really was, and what was you know because this was a big hit that a certain generation knows about, but yes. the younger generation has you say oh Calcutta and they're like what, but yeah. but what what was it, it was essentially music, about? It was, a, it was a musical review. It was yeah. a review. It yeah. was um, it was a burlesque. Mm-hmm. It was there were um, it, Ken Tynan had his who was the one who conceived the whole the whole thing. He was a British um, uh, critic mm-hmm. for the London Times. Okay, he felt that. That adults, adult entertainment needed to be more than tits and ass mm. and, and, and burlesque. That it, that it could be erotic and serious without being burlesque. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that was the whole goal of the show, was to be, was to, to, to um, there, were, there were some pieces that, um, uh, the thing that was interesting when you think about it now is that almost all of them were sort of male centric. It was all about male right? enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. And there was shocking. It, except for the Palida, there was nothing that was uh, that revolved around a female. That was about female enjoyment. Right. Right. So it was because it was interesting. It was 1969. It was of course. it was that time. Yeah. And um, the so it was a series. Jules Pfeiffer had a sketch yep. in it. John Lennon had a sketch in it. Um, uh, Benton and Newman, who yeah. went on to write, to, to uh, write Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Sam Shepard, one of his <laughs> one of it's the beginning. Sam used to come to the rehearsals to work on his piece. Benton and Newman would come and work on their piece. Leonard Melfi, the the young playwrights would come. The the older submissions, other submissions, um, they were sort of like 
okay, don't put my name on this, but here's a piece. Here it is. It's yours. <laughs> here, 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 you do what you want with it. So, so there were all these, all these pieces, and some, some were very, some were good, but didn't fit. There was mm. one by Joe Orton that we did in London, which was hilarious, but all the references were so British right. that no one in America yeah, would have gotten uh, it, no so way. we couldn't do it here. But we did do it in London, mm. and it was wildly successful. Okay, and uh, I mean, absolutely hilarious. And um, so there were there was lots of shaping that, that went on, lots of stuff that had to be done with it. And we did uh, Jacques, having been a psychologist, as I said before, we would do we didn't we didn't just go into the first rehearsal and everybody get naked. Right. He 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 stretched it out until we couldn't wait to take our clothes off. <laughs> he was he was so brilliant that That's way. Smart. We would do we would do acting exercises. We had sort of uniforms that we would wear. We had uh, we had uniforms to do our our, our you know I, I trained all everybody. I we did we did dance exercises and I would give them combinations and got them all moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you know, singing, and we had robes that we wore that then became taking off the robe, yeah, yeah. which was the opening Amazing. number of the show. And uh, so he was very smart that way. So that when we finally, in the, the we had rules. We did we did not fraternize. This was you know we needed to be a, a big t- a team. We didn't need to pair off. Right, this it could be important. very easy. Yes. A bunch there, of dancers. Then yes. uh, hello, I mean like naked. you know hot yeah, people in the same right. room. I mean like people. hello. <laughs> yeah. In the sixties, yeah, that would sound yeah. like yeah. No, so it that could... was very important that we wow. didn't, that we didn't pair off. That okay. we stayed, and it was the it, that was the strength of the show was that right. that was the that was what emanated from the stage really was this this ten people right. you know unified yeah. and absolutely unashamed to be naked. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and you were choreographing or co-choreographing, choreographing. or so you're like 22. You're like in the show. You're choreographing 21. the show. 21. Oh, 21. Just legal. <laughs> it's just insane. Was it a heady time for you, or were mm. you? Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. It mm. was. It was wonderful. And my partner George Welbus was not a dancer. He was an actor who mm. just happened to be so beautiful, beautiful yeah. and physical, and just he was the best partner I ever had. I mean, oh. Dancer or non-dancer, he was yeah. just really. He was instinctually a fantastic partner. Uh-huh. Oh, that's marvelous. Yeah, and yeah. he had no idea that all the things I was making him do were difficult, uh-huh. <laughs> which was even better. And I you guys that. had any idea this would be the hit that it became? I mean, like, because it really became a sensation. Well, it, it, it did, and the, the, um, the show that later went to the Edison was, was not the show that no. was not the original show. I got you. I think you could call it the first revival. Okay, yeah. that's technically... Because the show that we did at the Edison, at the Eden Theater, which was downtown on 12th Street and 2nd Avenue, mm. which, had been downtown. The, which had been the, 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 the National Jewish Theater. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it was a glorious big stage with a big orchestra pit. I mean, it was gorgeous. And, um, huh. well, it wasn't gorgeous when we first got there. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Hilly Elkins, Hilary Elkins, who was the, the producer, renovated the theater, or got somebody to pay for the renovation nice. of the theater. <laughs> and because it was a triple X porn house. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Yep. Oh my. And so, yeah, and it was really sleazy, awful. I mean, because I toured it with with Jacques, and it was like, oh, oh my God. God, we can't even. Careful where you sit. These, yeah. yeah, we do not come in these dressing rooms. Yeah. It all got rehabbed okay. and refurbed and okay. you know, renewed, and and it mm. was and it was glorious. Uh, it moved to the Royalton, I think. We may have to look that up. Um, and uh, it played until seventy two, mm-hmm. and then there was a two year. Mm-hmm. Hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Keane then became the producer, and mm. it, the idea was that we were going to do a first-class tour, national tour. Okay. And that was, and we rearranged some things. We put things in different order. We and you were still and yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. And he wanted nervous. the original team to put to, oh, yeah. to put it back together, and we did. And we opened at the Coconut Grove Playhouse, oh. and then he never sent it on tour. 
Oh, what? He, he owned the Edison Theater at the time. And he had me and Bessie in the Edison Theater. And he said, well, I think it would be, not, it would be a terrible idea if we had dispersed the cast and, uh, you know, didn't, uh, yeah. and had to start all over from scratch. So why don't we do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, El Calcutta, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll do me and Bessie. Or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So, so he split the week with the two shows. Me and Bessie went out. Okalcutta went in, and that was the end of it. Never moved again. Oh my he, God! The stage was too small. Yeah. It was not it, at the Edison. Yeah. Yeah. It no, was, it's a small know, little space. People had their feet on the stage. You know. Yeah. It, it was not. It's not that. It, it was never designed to be that kind of show. No. It was designed to be sent seen. Over an orchestra pit from afar. Yeah, yeah. It's a it very was. intimate. Yeah, you, and and that that it was. Yeah, I was I was just beside myself. Mm-hmm. And it, but it, it just re- wasn't the place for it. No, and it ran though for that until re- 1989. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Well, he he, he would do two, three. He would do a midnight show on the weekends. I mean, it, they would, you know, yeah, double up. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then uh, there was a movie version of it, right? Or they filmed the theatrical? Wait, but that was the original. But that, that was, was, yes. And is that and that's your choreography yes, in that? Yes, and so, I'm in it. Amazing. Ooh. I mean, and I think it's available on it is YouTube, on DVD. On DVD, really? you can purchase it. No, yeah. YouTube, no more. <laughs> somebody, somebody posted the the Potida on yeah. YouTube, and then it, uh, this whole disclaimer came up that you had to be over eighteen to watch it, and then it disappeared. The original. I mean, oh, yeah. I think there there are other other companies. You know, it's been in Brazil and it's been here and there. Yeah. That's not my choreography. But but the yeah the there's a. The, it has most of the original cast. Mm-hmm. Bill Macy is in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, George, me, Mark, who was uh, the, um, the original. Uh, Nancy Tribush, an original. <laughs> Mark Dempsey. Um, but uh, Alan Rachins, mm-hmm. original. <laughs> A pretty good group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good group. Hey, podcast listeners, are you looking for a place to rehearse in New York City that is clean, spacious, and most importantly, affordable? Come check out Shetler Studios and Theaters, our wonderful host for these podcasts. Shetler is centrally located on West 54th Street between Broadway and 8th Avenue, right in the heart of the theater district. Right in the heart, you'll find music, dance, and acting studios, complemented by two black box theaters and six presentation venues. The professional facilities, inspired environment, and expert industry staff combined 
to provide the New York artist with an unparalleled studio experience. Visit their website at shetlerstudios.com. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. Shetler Studios and Theaters is our home for recording the legends of Broadway, and we hope that you make it your artistic home, too. That's Shetler, S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. See you here. As your choreographic career is taking off, did you then decide to put performing on the back burner, or was performing just not an interest for you anymore? Oh no, it's it it, it is it 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 was one of those it just sort of the ball started rolling, uh, and I started getting calls to choreograph. Yeah, okay. And and after after I started, there's also once I started once I started choreographing, I wasn't going to be asked to come back and perform. Right. I mean, that's sort of the way it goes. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I would. Early, early on, if I would, I would dance sometimes in my pieces. Maybe not opening night, but I would mm-hmm. throw myself in there somewhere mm-hmm. at some point. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I did Rodin. Uh, I danced in Paris because I had to. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. To, yeah. You know, and um, wow. so that was a big that was a big ballet I did for the Harkness. Yeah. So you were still had your did. your hand in the in the in the ballet world too. I mean, like in well, that... now I started choreographing more for after after. Well, there was you know, uh, where's Charlie, which mm-hmm. is the Tony yeah. Nam. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pal Joey, right. with the infamous Pal Joey with, yeah. with uh, Edward Villalo, which is... We'll, we'll talk about yeah, that. We'll go yeah. there. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and Dudesbury with Jacques yeah. and, and, right. and those things. And when I started being doing... In between, I would do ballets and I got... In China, do, the... Yes. Yes, and doing more and more ballets. Yeah. And, yeah. So then let's go back and let's talk about Where's Charlie. Um, how did this come about for you? Where's Charlie? Uh, I think Paul Libin and Ted Mann heard about me and wanted to meet me, and we did, and we got along. Right. And, and Raul Julie was an angel. Really? Oh my God! He's yeah. so so sweet. Oh, such a nice person. Oh, that's good. Oh, to he know. was so fabulous. He was so so fabulous. He um, the first thing I said to him, and you know he's over six feet, he's like six three. Yeah. And big and kind of golumpy. So I said, "Well, you know that Donald. O'Con- this was this was no, it wasn't Donald O'Connor. Ray Bolger. Ray Bolger. Ray, this was this was this was Ray Bolger's part." And he was an amazing dancer and just, you know, a very physical person. And he looked at me and he went, he said, I said, so we're going to have to, we're going to be working very hard and we're going to find you. We're going to find something. We're going to make you, you mm-hmm. in a physical way. Mm-hmm. Not imitate Ray Bolger, but we're going to find you. And he said, okay. He said, so that means we're going to be like working on weekends and overtime, right? And I said, <laughs> I said yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're gonna yeah. work every And I remember at Thanksgiving or something, I said, "Hi, what are you gonna do for Thanksgiving?" He said, "So I'm gonna have dinner with my family, and then, and then I'm gonna be working with you." Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, we, you did. Wow. Yeah, and we did. Wow. Yeah, and we did. I mean, we did not he see so it. But he I heard so he was incredible. He was, yeah. He was fabulous, and he he was so charming. And we found his we found his quality. We found yeah. his movement quality, and he was. You know, he was enormous in that dress. You can imagine, I mean, how huge he was in that yeah. dress. But so charming, the sweetest person, the hardest worker, oh, working good. so, so hard. Yeah. That's, so, so hard. Oh. So and fabulous. who directed that production? Ted. Ted did it. Yeah. yeah. And then Pal Joey, which is infamous. Infamous. Uh, Pal I'm Joey, infamous. because And Ted also directed that, but, but um, without, you know, casting too much aspersion. Uh, 
This is the one Dixie Carter, Joan Copeland. Uh, Joan Copeland, Joan, Joan, Joan did joined it. it. Joan right. joined it. Okay. Joan was, the, was, it was Eleanor Parker and Eddie Villella. Oh. Eleanor Parker had never done a play. She oh. never been on stage in a play. Oh. Eddie had never been on stage in a play. Oh. He's, Joey's never off stage. He's no. never seen. It's he a, sings. He literally carries and the musical. And this, unfortunately, was, I think, one of Ted's downfalls. And Paul, I don't know who, who decided they should do this, but they would get these outlandish stars to do things that, that couldn't really do them. Yeah. And it was really a shame because it was embarrassing for the performer. It was embarrassing for them. Yeah. So, and Ted would, if, if any time there was a scandal or anything, or, or Eleanor would burst into tears, he would disappear. It was like, I don't know how he got out of the room so fast. <laughs> he would just disappear. And, and I'd be standing there he would, to, to deal with the hysteria that was going on in the room. It was it was amazing. When did when in the process did they both leave? Was it still in rehearsals? Were you doing previews? Pre- okay. It oh, was shoot. Uh. So so Chris Chadman was Eddie's understudy. Okay. Uh, Joan Copeland is Eleanor's understudy. Okay. That sounds about right. She... And yeah, and and um, uh, during the rehearsal process, first of all, Eddie and. You know, he was he was a fantastic ballet dancer. He was really wonderful, but he can't sing a note. He cannot sing a note. And and the first thing that happens is he sings Chicago. Yeah. And all, everybody in the audience, all these ladies, matinee ladies who had come to see him because they knew him from the ballet, from New York City Ballet, and they loved him, would just rustle their pants. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And they'd get all nervous Ooh. because... He was. He couldn't sing. I mean, it just wasn't... He, yeah. What, the, the whole... The whole they were... The... The New York City Ballet organization, uh, Lincoln Kirsten at the time, Balanchine didn't care one way or the other. He just wanted to be yeah. in the studio and, and make ballets, and which was, yeah. I mean, what a what a gift he was yes. given. You know, yes. just you don't worry about anything. You don't even do the programs. You just go in the studio and make ballets. Right. So that's what he did. <laughs> and but Lincoln Kirsten wanted a, a city ballet in every state. He was he wanted that. Yeah. He wow. he was the one who was pushing, and he's the one who was placing people and wanted to place. They needed a place. Eddie needed a place because mm-hmm. Eddie now was injured. Mm-hmm. Eddie couldn't dance like he used to dance. Mm-hmm. He um, and he, they needed to place him somewhere to take care of him. He never worked with anybody but Jerome Robbins or George Balanchine. Wow! So there I am, twenty something. Yeah. And you know, and he's an Italian man. He just didn't. And, I mean, I was just like, who is this? Yeah. So I and we we had discussions. We talked. We I said, you know, if you if there are things that you can, you can't do or don't want to do, you let me know. Because I know you, have, you know you had a hip injury and this and that, never opened his mouth. <laughs> we would we'd we'd start to do things. I would I would dance for him. I would say now this now that and then he'd get up maybe every once in a while and start to do them. Then they powwowed behind my back, and they they uh, he went he went off and balancing choreographed a solo for him that he did in the Dream Joey thing. But I had this whole other... I mean, I, my Dream Joey was 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 Gail Benedict, yeah. and d- they're doing a fabulous ballroom mm-hmm. number, and, you know, which was in style, in the style of the show. Hello. Yeah. So, no. So, um, and then suddenly Jerome Robbins appears. Jerome Robbins appears, and he's now going to stage all of Eddie's songs. And I'm not allowed in the room. What? I'm not allowed in the room. So... So I'm doing everything else. Yeah. So all this is going on. And uh, um, so uh, Jerry, finally, finally, we said, he came, he came to me at one point. He said, your work is very good in this. Don't, don't feel, he said, but Eddie, he's just never, he's, he's, he's insecure about this. He's never done this before. He needed people around him that he knew who could deal with him. 
And he said, don't worry about it. So we sit together. We watch Eddie, the first preview. He looked at me and he said, I thought he could just, no, it's not going away. And he disappeared. <laughs> Robbins? Like he was just like. So he says, I'm going to tell him to, I'm going to tell him to, to listen to, 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 to you, to that, you know, that you're, yeah. that you're okay. You're good. He should listen to you. It's okay that you can be eyes for him and give him. And, um, and he never came back. <laughs> oh my God. Out the door. Bye. Bye. Out the door. And I said to Ted, I said, how long are you going to let Eddie sing? How long are you going right. mean, to, he needs, he needs to be covered. He needs to be, he needs to be supported. He, he doesn't need to stand out there alone and sing a song mm-hmm. because he can't. And, um, so, um, he, after, after he, he gets abandoned, he, I, I'm sure he felt very, he felt insecure. He felt he didn't mm-hmm. know he didn't have anybody on Even his worse team. Now, he yeah. threw a temper tantrum. I looked at him and I walked out. I left. For you. I left. I got my da- I grabbed my dance bag and left. Good Without I did. I just looked at him and he's screaming and being all Italian. I looked at him and I, I didn't say anything. I did. I was like the anger I felt was so intense yeah. that I couldn't speak. You know, it's like I wasn't even going to speak. And I grabbed my bag and I left. I disappeared for days on end. I, the phone would ring. I wouldn't answer it. Wow. So finally, I answered the phone like three days later, and it's Ted saying, "What happened?" I said, "What do you mean? What happened?" I said, you were in the room. You, you were there. We were having a stage yeah. rehearsal. And he said, well, you've got to come back. He said, I'm going to. I said, well, why should I come back? I said, you have everything you need. You have, his, you have the Robbins numbers for, oh, and by the way, you have to put his name in the program because I'm not going to, I'm going to, I only want credit for what I did. Yep. And that's it. So, um, so he, um, he said, no, you've got to come back. And I said, well, but you have everything you need. You have a dance captain. You're in previews. You don't need me. I've done my work. It's all fine. I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. No, no, you have to come back. You have to come back. He said, I'm going to tell him he has to do everything you say. And I said, well, it's, you know, really. <clears throat> so, so I come back, and uh, we reorganize the first number so that there's six girls singing with him. So he opens the show like he's rehearsing. It's, it's, he's rehearsing mm-hmm. a number for the hot box, mm-hmm. and it's the six girls and him. So we start, so I rehearse the girls, and I'm, and I assume that Ted has said to Eddie that this is going on. Apparently, he did not. Oh, my God. So he doesn't, he starts, that's when he started screaming and carrying on, that he, he didn't, what's going on, what's going on, blah, 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 blah. That's when I left. Yep. So when I come back, he doesn't want to have anything to do with any of it, and he leaves. He's, he, he says, then it's one of those, it was right from the book, uh, if you don't do something, something, you're fired. Fired. I quit. <laughs> right wow. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. So now Chris Chadman goes in, and Eleanor is now all discombobulated because she doesn't know what's what. She doesn't want to do it with Chris. Then she decides she's going to leave. If Eddie's not doing it, I'm I'm leaving. So Joan is called. This is right before the show. Joan is called and comes in. Doesn't even have costumes. She's in her street clothes doing the show with Chris. It's incredible. It's my my dream thing goes back in with Gail and Chris. Oh my god! Because we'd already rehearsed yep. it. Yeah. So all this chaos is going on, and Chris and Joan, and that's and that was that was the that was what went on. And Eddie, of course, did find his place. You know, they, they with the Miami City Ballet, yeah. director of Miami City Ballet for many years, successful, fine. You know, which was where he belonged. I mean, yeah. It was. He was not. He just couldn't cross not, over. It was yeah. not a. He was not a. Never crossover. should have been there. To no, begin with. Yeah. no. Chris Chapman was a pretty special artist. Chris was wonderful. Chris was fabulous. He was. He was wonderful, and he was terrific in that. I and mean, yeah. he was. He was just the right, you know, the right person. Yeah. He was a great dancer. Yeah. He was great. Uh, any dream projects that you still want to get off the ground in terms of musical theater? 
because your ballet world, we're going to talk about that, is, is so incredible. But is there any musical theater piece that you still there, want to tackle? There is one I can't talk about it. Oh, you can't talk about it. Can I ask you? Put it in the. Is is it one of those I can't talk about it because you don't want to jinx anything, or legally you can't talk about it? I can't talk about it. Great, (laughs) amazing. That's so wonderful, though. It's so. Then let's talk a little about um, your process. Um, you get, a, let's say, we'll talk about ballet. You get a piece that you're going to put together. Where do you begin? Do you do a lot of research? Uh, how do you? I was very lucky in the bit, and, and have continued to be in the with um, convincing people to commission scores for me. Mm. Yes, you have been. Yeah. This is this is a, this oh, right. is a, like the and, Shatner piece. I mean, well, that's not commissioned. Never mind. Sorry. Well, but, more or less. I mean, yeah, I had to talk I mean, him into kind it. of did it. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a funny story too. We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. um, you got them. I met pieces. Michael Kamen through a mutual friend because we were actually through a, a costume designer named Joe Eula. Okay. Who had Joe was doing something for, for Jerry Opino at the Joffrey. Mm-hmm. He was involved in a project that never got off the ground, but it was to be a show about uh, the Dionysian rites. Mm-hmm. And he thought I would be perfect for it. So, and Michael was doing the music. So that's when I met Michael Kamen. So, um, the man who was producing, so we we uh, we worked together on some of that. Then we remained friends. Then uh, I was asked to do Rodin at the Harkness Ballet, mm-hmm. and um, the 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 acting artistic director Vicente Nebrada, who uh, was Rebecca was called the director of the company, but he, she was not hands on. Mm-hmm. Vicente was the hands on person, and he said, "I saw your ballet, we was that you did for the Joffrey." That was three couples. Mm-hmm. And he said, we, we need something like that for the Hartness. I'd love for you to do something. And I said, well, actually, I have this other idea. And he said, well, whatever. You're just going to have to talk to Mrs. Hartness about it. And it's this enormous ballet. It was 50 minutes long on Rodin Sculptures with a commission <coughs> yeah. score. And I was working on music with somebody else. And, uh, and I was not happy. And I, Michael had done a solo album. And I took out his album and I put it on. And I went, oh, my God. I called him up the next morning as soon as I thought it was all right to call mm-hmm. him and asked him if he wanted to do this and we got together we started talking about it we started developing themes and music and I took all this to Mrs. Harkness she okayed mm. the whole thing and that was started we did five oh. ballets together yeah. we did that one we did one for Pennsylvania Ballet for Netherlands Dance Theater mm-hmm. in Holland wow. um, Elvin Ailey and so, is the is there a collaborative? And for, and for the job. Is there a collaborative process between you and Michael then, for instance, the composer, or does he write m- m- music? I mean, forgive me if this is completely ignorant, but does he write some music and you say well, that's good, but I need a little more of this, or is no? Is there did, any back did, and forth? We did it almost like a um, well, interesting, and then later became he became famous for doing film scores. Right, that's how but I know. That's him. how yeah. we that's how we more or less did it. And the the, the beauty of that is that I could do. Um, I can write a scenario and I can do a, th- a through line and mm-hmm. then we can, the music is only as long as I think it will hold. Uh-huh. And then we go on. Interesting. Which is, which is, you know, when you have a classical piece of music and it's eight minutes long and, and it's it's constructed a certain way and you've been to the ballet, yeah. right? Oh, and yeah. you said, and when is this going to be over? Right, right, yeah. right. When right. will this be over? Okay, this is pretty, but okay, is it, is it over Yeah. Now? Are we dancing for because the, the music's that long or because there's a story that needs to be told that's a certain right. length? Right, right. And, wow. I'm, I'm and being theatrical as yeah. I am, I I'm, was more interested in that yeah, aspect. And, I can understand that. And, and the movement, of course, but, but the fact that, you know, if you go on too long, you lose people. Yeah. You know, there's a, there you, there's yeah. a trajectory that has to go. And if, it, if the bottom drops out, if it's, you know, right. a minute too long right. sometimes. Right. I mean, it's like, oops, yeah. lost mm-hmm. them. So, 
so that especially was with 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 Michael especially that was um, Stanley Walden who 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 did uh, Wewis was a very different situation. We did. Um, he asked me how long I wanted pieces. He was very uh, meticulous about mm-hmm. what he was writing, mm-hmm. and we we would fiddle around a little bit, but mostly it was he did his he did yeah. to my dictate. Like mm-hmm. this is three minutes. This is three minutes. This is three minutes. Then we've got this part, which is about five minutes. Then we have this part. Of the, these resolutions, which are about two and a half, yeah. you know, so it was kind of like that, and he yeah. he tailored it that way. Yeah. With Michael, we chose um, themes mm. mm-hmm. that expressed what the sculptures were, what I had decided that they, what what I wanted to express about mm-hmm. the sculptures, be it the kiss or wow. or uh, the torso of Adele mm-hmm. or what it was, and we picked themes, and then I started choreographing, and usually I would just choreograph in silence, and he would watch, and oh. he would. And he would, so he was in the studio with me all the time. Wow. And which is a luxury yeah. that you do not, you know. Boy, that's special. And so we, we would, um, and in the rehearsal process, it was fantastic because the Hardness Ballet was touring. So I, they'd be in town for two or three weeks and I'd rehearse. Then they'd go away for two weeks. So while they were gone, we'd commiserate and we'd figure out, okay, this is, and then, mm-hmm. and then of course there was no video. Yeah. So there was no looking at the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I finally did get to video and it was one of those giant, you know, reel-to-reel yeah, thing yes. with a giant oh camera <laughs> in the studio. So, um, yeah. And, and that's now, not all that long ago. Like I that. mean, you got to think about it. Yeah. That's not, not all that long ago. No, really. no it really wasn't. It really isn't. That's you like know? 50 years ago. That's yeah. not that long ago. It's crazy. Um, what stories excite you? What stories do you want to tell that excite you? Uh, well, I've, I did one, I think one of my most successful stories is, uh, is one on, um, a story by Jorge Luis Borges and it's, it's, uh, called La Intrusa and it's about two brothers and I actually got to choreograph it on two brothers. Mm. Oh my who, gosh. Who were Venezuelan and, oh and I did it in Venezuela and it was, um, and again, I had a, I had a commission score. I used, um, Peter Gabriel and a commission score by a, a Venezuelan composer mm. named Achilles Baez. Wow. And so it was all, so, so, so it was all, and it was, again, this is a similar process where mm-hmm. I would choreograph in silence and he would, he would play, he would, he would uh, make music to go with it. Mm-hmm. In an ideal world, is that your preferred way of working? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I'd love to, well, for instance, with the Shatner piece, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that was, that was, I heard an interview on NPR with Bill Shatner when, the, when this huh. CD came out. And... There was so much music in it because of Ben Folds, and it was autobiographical, and it was so interesting. And I ran to the store to the then you had Tower right, Records you had was still open, and CD. I could actually buy the CD. So I bought the CD, and there was a young girl who was waiting on me, and I said, "Do you have this 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 William Shatner CD has?" But she said, "Oh, it's so fat. It was so cool." And I thought, "This is good. See, she's twenty one or so, yeah. and she she's into this." So I would go to my friends and say, I am choreographing a ballet to this. And they said, are you insane? You must be insane. You are insane. We know you're insane. And um, it, I like to, when I, when, I get a, when I get my mind wrapped around mm. something, I don't beat it to death. I don't start doing it. Mm. Yeah. I need to know where I'm going to do it. I mm-hmm. have to find a place to do it. So a circumstance came up with the Milwaukee Ballet. And I spoke to the director about it. And he said, sounds good. So then I called Bill Shatner. Huh. Then I, I wrote a, I wrote a letter. <laughs> no, I wrote a letter to his agent, and I sent it in the mail. Okay. And uh, um, I expected to hear back from him. And the phone rang like three days later, and someone said, are you free to speak to Mr. Shatner? <laughs> he said, am I? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. 
And so we we chatted, and he he, he said, "You know, I know who you are." <gasps> Good. <laughs> I said, "Well, Bill, that's great. I'm so happy." Um, and we we talked about it, and I said, "You know." I, the main the main thing that I need from you is I need you to to talk to all the people all the musicians that are involved right. about the rights to do this yeah you know because they don't have they're not going to have thousands and thousands of dollars no. I mean this is this, this is a value and he said so at the le- the end of the conversation he said I'm thrilled about this I just think this is great I'm this is great mm-hmm. and he said so at the end of the conversation he said so is there any money in this and I said oh Bill this is ballet mm-hmm. we work off the kindness of strangers we're not <laughs> we're, we, yeah there's, and he, he said, okay, okay, I got it. So thus was born Common People. And he, was, came, to the, he came to the premiere. He loved yeah. it. And he made this documentary, Gonzo right. Ballet. Yeah, Gonzo yeah, Ballet. the Gonzo Ballet. That's Smile. incredible. And then your Indigo Girls Project. The Indigo Girls Project. That was great. They are so fabulous, yeah. too. Yeah. And this was interesting because of having, um, when I did billboards with Prince, I never got to meet him, unfortunately, which is really mm-hmm. he. He did. He did tell them that my ballet was his favorite. This was mm-hmm. this okay. Really, and he let me fool around with his music, which I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the songs I shortened. One of them I put breathing over it. You know, mm-hmm. and then he mastered it so it all sounded good. Oh, you know, what I mean, but he he didn't say you can't do that to my right. music. Yeah. I mean, he was all, all about it. Um, somebody in a meeting at some point said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Prince played it? And I said, no, you, you have no idea. I said, I've been to his concerts. He, he, doesn't, he never plays the same thing twice the same. I said, right. we cannot have this. No. Can't do this. I mean, you yeah, know, and yeah. no. So um, when John McFall at Atlanta Ballet called me about collaborating with the Indigo Girls, they, I said, send me, their, send me all their stuff. So he sent me, got all the discography from yeah. them, all sent to me, and they, I listened to... Some of the CDs were just the two of them. Some were with the band. Some had strings, mm-hmm. which in fact Michael came and arranged, yeah. um, <laughs> which was great. Um, and I realized that they were they would they would play the same. We could, they could be live on stage. Yeah, they were not going to change the yeah. song. Yeah. And so we um, we had meetings and we got together and and uh, it, when we when we got when we finally got to to the stage. The stage was enormous. It was the Fox Theater. Oh, oh it's my gosh! 80, like a football field away. I mean, like yeah, eighty foot proscenium. Yeah. So forty five feet of that was a bandstand, right. and then the rest was for the dancers. So, so, the, so it started like a concert because yeah. I went to one of their concerts, and it was every kind of person you can imagine: I mean, right? little kids and married yeah. couples and lesbians, retired and hippies, people, and retired and, hippies yeah, and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so it started like that, and um, and as as they so they they were in front. And the dancers were coming down from, you know, they started to come down because that's what happened at their actual, the people would come, would kind of not rush the stage, but they'd come forward and they'd start dancing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So it kind of had that feeling about it. Yeah. And then and then when they got on the bandstand, it became all about the dancing. Yeah. You know, it became about the dancers. Oh, and wow. um, they, so I said, at, at one point I said, well, you should, I mean, you can look over at them every once in a while. <laughs> and Emily said, oh my God, no, we can't look at them. We're going to fuck up. We can't look at them. <laughs> we can't look at them. No, 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 no. And I thought, okay, good. At least you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. That's good. good. They focused. Fine. That's this good. That's fine. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, how would someone describe your style as a choreographer from from the outside looking in? What What would make somebody go, "Oh, that's a piece by Margot Sappington"? Um. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I think that people can tell, but I choreograph in so many different styles. Like, yeah. You know, I do. Cobras in the Moonlight is tangos, and they're not. You know, in other words, it's not ballet 
to tango music. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah, I kind yeah. of dug into the dug into the actual yeah. art form. Um, I think they're layered. Right. I think they're okay. very layered, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what would what would. Uh, Make people, someone say, "Oh, that must be that must be a Sappington." Yeah, yeah. And now you teach as well. I do. And I you, do. You enjoy it? I do. I do. And in fact, it's good for. It's really good for me to. Yeah, I can experiment and yeah. play. Yeah. It's uh, you know I avoided mm. teaching. I only teach a certain level. I don't teach. I yeah. don't. I don't educate. No, yeah, 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 yeah. no <laughs> I get it. that. I, got I got it. understand that. You know, I'm, I'm not yep. an educator. No, I, it's I go more in. Fun I go to... in. I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing what I need to do, right. and they need to come along with me. And right. Yeah. And, and it's and it's and, it's, and it's nice. That's it's fantastic. very nice. And it's and it's very important. I started teaching because um, uh, I had friends at ABT at a time when some modern choreographers were just beginning to come to 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 do ballets. Mm-hmm. And they were asking these ballet dancers to do things that they didn't know how to do. Oh. But they also didn't know how to explain it to them mm-hmm. because they were from a different world. Right. And they didn't know how to, you know, they would just scream at them, well, get off balance, get off balance. And they didn't know how to make that work on right. point, especially the girls. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they, you know, because they were it's supposed the to rules. be standing upright. Right. These yeah. are not the rules. Yeah. trained to Yes, do yeah. exactly. So I s- developed a... Um, a bar and a warm-up that 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 brought all those things together. Okay. In, on point. Yeah. So that's so that's what oh. I teach when I teach. So I teach this this point contemporary point class where you have to you know go off balance, but explain it and do right. and you do things to warm yeah. up so you understand where you're doing and why you're doing it and how you do it and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So that's that's when that started and that got to be fun for me. Yeah. Um, how has the world of ballet evolved from when you were first starting out to the world of ballet in 2018? There's a lot more uh, strength training. Strength training. There's lots of strength training now in ballet um, that wasn't there before. Um, the, I mean, I, I was never, and I never wanted to be a tutu ballerina um, hmm. after I saw Zizi Jamer. Oh. Zizi Jamer was, um, there was a movie called Black Tights uh-huh. that Roland Petit, who was a French choreographer, it was all his choreography, and that's when I saw my first being isolated in, in Baytown, Texas, with only Swan Lake to look at, mm. because that's all the Royal Ballet ever did when they came yeah. to it. Uh, this was a revelation to me, that this that dance, that ballet could look like this. Right. This was something different, so so different, and I was crazy about her, and I, it just, you know, it illuminated my whole, the rest yeah. of my stuff, wow. you know. And um, so that that sort of pushed me away from Swan Lake, and that's why I love Joffrey so much. Mm-hmm. Being the Joffrey Ballet, I mean, I, as a professional, I never wore a tutu. We wore yeah. tights, leather yeah. tights, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it, that was that yes. was that was that was part of today. Ballet dancers, well, interestingly enough, I don't think that ballet dancers are expressive as they as they as they were in the past. I, don't, I think their technique is better. Lots of their technique is better. I mean, technically, every everybody's come up. I mean, you know, right. what's happened to sports. I mean, it's like yeah, insane. Sure. Yeah, what used right. to be fabulous, you know, 50 years ago is like kids in a parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, but the there's less, there's more time spent on technique and less time on the artistic side. Interesting. And so I find myself watching dancers and getting bored because there's, I mean, okay, so how many pirouettes can you do and how high can you kick your leg and how, what, just, how much can you distort your body? Okay, I saw that. All right, okay, that's fine. Right. And, that's, and, and I find that dancers are hungry for that. Mm. So there's, I think there's a, there's a, a, 
of circling back yeah. that's going on a little bit in the yeah. ballet world. Uh, that that these this kind of coaching and this expression is very important. That it's not something to be overlooked. Um, that that's right. really it's not just technical. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, um, if you had to guess, 10, 15 years from now, where the world of ballet is going? Are there any trends right now that you see Well, happening? I think that, that, I mean, as much as, and yes, the classics are the classics, and people love to see the classics, but they want right. to see also more contemporary yeah. uh, ballet, and that's that's where it's going. And I tell, um, especially, you know, girls who are 15 or so, and they're learning variations for the first time, and they're learning the white swan, and I'll mm-hmm. tell them, look, or, you know, if I... Lots of times, teachers will ask me to come in just to look and see, see where I'm coaching so and so and blah blah blah. It's uh, enjoy this moment because your chances of ever being the Swan Queen are probably one in ten million. Mm. Because even if you get into a class of a company, a ballet company, they're probably going to do Swan like once every eight years. Yeah. And unless you're the star of the company, you're not going to be the Swan Queen. Yeah. So enjoy this moment. Right. Because it's good. This is it. This good is advice. Because this is because this is it. So yeah. so drink this up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Was it surreal to hear that you were going to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award mm. from the Joffrey Ballet? It was, uh, it, there was, it, it was instigated by a wonderful woman named Edith D'Addario. And Edith D'Addario was the woman who um, started the, the school with Bob Joffrey and, and Dario Pino, ran it until the day she died. Mm. And she was the instigator of that. She okay. Was, mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, overwhelming? Satisfying? Yeah, satisfying. Yeah. Satisfying. Because I had choreographed for them so several ballets. Yeah. And, and they had been, and Bob Joffrey was the, the father of this part of my life, I yes. feel. I always yeah. thought of him that way. Yeah. yeah. That he's the one who set me on this path, not only not only dancing, but choreographing for ballet. Because yeah. he's yeah. the one who asked me to do it first. Yeah. It's really impressive how you've managed to, to, to straddle both sides mm-hmm. throughout your career. I can't, I'm trying to think of other contemporaries who do that as success. I mean, we've got a couple, but. But you know that it's just really special that you were able to to maintain that. I mean, to, to both sides throughout your career. Well, it was very um, ballet was very important to, yeah. to me as well as as well as I mean it was it was and it, it, at certain times in my life conflicted about which yeah. I liked better or sure. what was more important. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Even though you're essentially doing the same thing with both, telling a story, you know, creating emotion and making a journey and all of that, but. But, you know, I, I'm just impressed that you're able to go back and forth so much with it. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but are there any uh, choreographers today uh, in the musical theater world whose uh, work you really admire or any pieces that you've seen recently that make you go, that's fabulous? I, I, I haven't seen Hamilton, but anything that I've seen of, of Hamilton, I, I loved uh, what Jasper yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So Hamilton is, is one you like those pieces. Blank and Bueller. And yeah, and Blank and Bueller. I think, I think that uh, he did a great job... Um, T- telling stories with the you know and making something innovative and different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah, and in the ballet world, are there any any choreographers you particularly enjoy? Uh, right now. Besides yourself, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like I do like some of the things that Christopher Wheeldon does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, because I think he he yes. I think. He's he's that discerning, and in fact, I loved uh, I loved Carousel. Justin mm, Peck did. Yes. yes, I thought that was great. I agree. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, thought that was really wonderful. Yeah, really yeah. fabulous work. Yeah. yeah. So, what's on the agenda for you next? What's what's coming up on the docket? Next, Unless this, you can't this talk thing about. I can't talk about. Okay. But <laughs> hey. well, we love any news is good news well, though. Actually, that's I, there's you, something I can't talk about. It's um, Step Out of Love, which is a, a rock, five girls rock hard hit at rock and roll yeah. that I did for Harvard Street. Uh, 
with a commissioned uh, yeah, score by <laughs> Stephen Forsyth, Stephen Forsyth, Forsyth um, uh, Boston Conservatory of Music is the, the dance department is going to do it in the fall, oh, the, the, cool. the spring concert. Nice. Do you know up. who's choreographing May. it? You're choreographing it, right? It's my piece. Yeah. Oh, I, I know somebody who works over at Boco in their dance department. Yeah. That's oh, good. Who? Her name is. Oh my God, I'm like Stephanie Haro. Okay, I'll look for her. Yeah, she's marvelous. Good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. That's yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, this just came up. So that's, that's great. in the spring. Yeah. It's you have a connection. It seems like you have an affinity for ballet and pop rock music a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. You've got like Lots a little, yeah, you've got like a little streak there. I like that's it. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a ballet for um, uh, Kansas City Ballet yeah. to Esquivel. See? Like what? And it's called Zuzu Lounge. <laughs> And it's it's about um, it was one of those things I didn't want to do the Jetsons, but right. it's uh, it's bugs, it's bugs and bars, <laughs> bugs and bars. It's amazing. The, she's the, it's the, great. The, the 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 protagonist is a ladybug, and she's she's bar hopping, yes. and she meets and all the boys are are beetles of different types. Okay. And there's the one she's really goes for is this black beetle with black horny beetle, and. Um, there's a pragmatist and a oh my and gosh. moths and it's funny. It's very funny. This is fabulous. I love it. And it's very funny. And I and I did it especially for Todd Bollander. And oh Todd Bollander mm. was uh, was one of the people I was talking about before yeah. that Lincoln Kirsten placed. He said, "You're going to Kansas City. You're starting a ballet company," and um, he did. And he he um, he's a char- he was a charming charming. He died in his nineties. Oh wow. Charming. Very erudite, fabulous yeah. man, and I made this especially for him. Oh. It's very, it's, it's very. That's it's great. great. Well, That's yeah. great. You you do do a lot of pop yeah. influence. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I, I prefer that. Who are some of your favorite pop artists that are working today, or 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 in general? I mean, obviously, there's an affinity for Prince and the Indigo Girls. Well, Prince, Indigo Girls. Um, um, I just found a great. Um, uh, I'm going to do a solo for for a senior solo for one of the girls who's graduating from Ailey Fordham mm-hmm. to uh, a Gary Burton, Pat Metheny collaboration. Oh my god, interesting. Um, I love Astor Piazzolla. He's, I love. And I Piazzolla. met him, and I said, really? if I could just choreograph to your music for the rest of my life, I would be. I happy. <laughs> love his stuff. Oh, he's so yeah. sweet. So, such a nice band. Oh yeah. wow, it was That's fun. Great. Yeah. Margot, thank you so much. Thank you so for much for coming your time in today. today. This was such I know a joy. How busy you are. Yes. And we've been trying to schedule this now for months. For we did it. Months. We did I'm it. So happy that was so worth it. No. <laughs> it was, you're the best. You're absolutely oh, the best. Oh, it was so yeah. much fun. And your work is so exciting and so wonderful. And every time we're just always rejuvenated after seeing something that you've done. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Till next time, everybody. Bye, everybody. Today's episode was recorded at Shetler Studios on 244 West 54th Street. Visit Shetler Studios to book your room today, and you could be as cool as us. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And friends, don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you guys can come in and help us out. Yes, in order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. The more ratings, the more will come up in searches. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us one star and make us feel as bad as Annie did in that weird production in Boston where Annie dreamed about being adopted and then ended the show back in the orphanage. True story, Rob was there. 
I saw it. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.